everyone and welcome to ESG Explored, the podcast that talks to people about how they are managing the environmental, social governance factors and how they are identifying the risks and embracing the opportunities. I'm Sarah Delahunty and in this episode I'm joined by Amanda who is the Executive Manager for ESG with Suncorp. Welcome Amanda. Hi Sarah. I'm going to start with a really big question for you, Amanda, like, uh, and see how we go from there. And then we'll sort of probably take elements of your response and, and, and have a chat a little bit more. But what does ESG mean to Suncorp? Such a great question. And to your point, it's a very big one. Um, I'm going to start with everything because, um, you know, Suncorp as a, as a group are here with a purpose to, build futures and protect what matters. Um, I work within the bank strategy team and lead our sustainability teams within that um, that environment. And within our bank, we have translated this concept of environmental social governance into our ambition to create a brighter future. We are committed to be a challenger bank. And when we turned around a couple of years ago and said, what is it that we want to challenge we realised that the world was in a pretty bleak place. There was a lot of darkness and and the outlook for the future wasn't as great as we wanted it to be. And so we really decided that we were going to challenge that future and adopted this ambition to create a brighter future. Um, It's just one way that you can articulate what I would describe ESG as being this idea that we want to do good better. Um, in a way that our customers, our people, our suppliers, our community can really easily understand. Well, that's a big answer then to a big question. <laughs> so that was great. Do you see this as really being driven, um, your customer driven, uh, yeah. the what your focus is on from in the bank around the ESG factors? Yep. Your customers are really driving that change and that and that direction. Yeah, I mean, within banking, you're always in a, in 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 between two places because mm-hmm. we've got two customers. There's the customers who, you know, buy buy our buy our finance products, so our yeah. retail and our business customers. But like all banks, we also have investors, and mm-hmm. and they buy from us as well, uh, yeah. not just shares but also bonds. And I think. When you think about that from a banking perspective, we have two customers to serve. Mm. And when I look at our retail customers, um, you know, and the things that we are doing, it's about translating ESG from this really complex, hard, um, intangible thing to something that they can feel good about. That, yep. That's literally the way that we translate it. Mm. If I think about the other side of the customers, those people who buy our bonds and the people who we work with from an investor um, perspective, the discussion we have with them might be a little bit more mature. Yeah. It might have a little bit more complexity to it, but it's still translating what we're doing with our customers and with our, our retail portfolios into a language that they can better understand as well. Yeah, and it is a lot about that, isn't it? It's about that, um, yet those really big concepts, how does it impact you? How are we going to communicate that and how are we going to manage it? Yeah. So it's that risk opportunity thing and I um, I see that Suncorp are taking that on in so many elements, just even from your products, yeah. uh, recycling even, I notice that, you know, your, your cards are made from recycling plastic. So there's this element of even, you know, from right of your big stuff right down to the small things that make a difference. Absolutely. I think um, if I take the recycled cards as a great example, um, 
when you think about that as a service design, mm. um, there's engagement that has to happen with the suppliers to do that, which mm. means that there's capability that needs to be built within our product and design teams. Um, and once you get to that point and you get, yes, cool, we're great to get there and we worked with Visa on getting that approved and that was amazing as a partnership as well, then we have to educate our front line. Yeah. And when you're talking about thousands of people in branches and contact centres and the ability that they need to have to have conversations about this with a million customers, um, there's such a great opportunity, but equally such a complex challenge. Mm. What we learned, um, and as I guess, as signatories to the UN's principles for responsible banking, we work with a lot of global banks and we learn a lot from them. And one of the things that we did learn um, engaging with them is that when you're trying to talk to customers, it's easy to have something to talk about where you have that platform. And so we found through that first recycled plastic card, the 82%, um, it was a great way for our people to be able to talk to customers about yeah. sustainability, about some of the small and large things that we're doing. Is that a cultural thing then? Like, and how important is that? Because you're saying that, um, like, Taking that example again, so there's supply chain obviously in there, there's your corporate communications, there's your um, design team, there's your frontline staff. So that that whole of company buy into these small and large uh, changes must be really important. Absolutely it is. Um, there's absolutely a top-down, like we are completely empowered, um, you know, that from the CEO down, it's the expectation that this is what we do. This is the question we're asked. This is this is what we're expected to do when we say we are innovating. But I think innovation is also a really important concept that goes hand in hand with this because innovation requires us to have a tolerance for failure. Mm. And the tolerance for failure, um, we, we try and fail fast and we try and fail small <laughs> and we do it. Uh, but that tolerance for failure from a cultural perspective is also there because then you end up with um, a, a group of people who are willing to be curious yeah. and who are willing to be courageous. And then the learnings must transpire across a lot of areas. And therefore communication, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, ESG in our organisation or our ambition to create a brighter future is the why. Yeah. But the how you actually do it, you know, whether it is that curiosity, that courageousness that comes through, the willingness to communicate effectively, these are really some of the the aspects of how you turn that ambition, that why, yeah. into some great outcomes. And then there's the accountability that comes with that too. So if you are looking at that, you're measuring it, you're yep. measuring success and failure, then you're communicating that. Um, it becomes part of your G of your governance then, isn't it? Like you, you've got that all in-house and you're open and transparent about what's working, what's not working, which yep. is which is pretty good for for a bank, if I do say so. <laughs> we, we like to think so. We certainly work hard. There's always more to do, um, but we're constantly trying to, to do it better. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I want to take you back just to something you mentioned there on the UN signatory. Um, can you explain a little bit more around that, about... Um, yeah. What, what drove that sort of commitment to from some call? Wow, that's another big question. Yeah. Um, so, so maybe I take it back a bit. Like the, the UN is a huge organisation. Yeah. And one of the things that um, I would like personally have observed over the last 10 years is 
as the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, were um, were drafted, were agreed, you know, that the the globe said yes, we're committed to this. They realised that we needed a different approach depending on the industry or the sector that you're in. Yeah. And so when um, the UN established Unit Five, which is the Environment Program and the Finance Initiatives. Um, it was a great opportunity for banks, for insurers, for asset owners or investment managers to understand more deeply the role they have to play because what we have to do is different to universities, it's different to agriculture, it's different to, you know, every other sector we have out there. And so um, we became a founding signatory along with um, the other four uh, major banks in Australia, um, 2019, 2018 I think Mm -hmm. it was, um, to the principles for responsible banking, which is the global commitment that banks have made um, to six principles um, that we will embed in our businesses um, to help, I guess, further and progress the sustainable development goals. Um, we are just about finished our implementation. There's a four-year implementation window for signatories. Um, but there's a process that we all go through Um to embed this in our organizations i mean the first principle is all about strategy Mm. and you know we we kind of feel like we've absolutely nailed that step (laughs) translating it into our why our core ambition for the bank um you know one of the um one of the activities that we go through every year is impact analysis Mm. Uh, we publish this every year so if those do want to dive in a bit more you can grab them off the Suncorp website um, the self-assessment for the principles for responsible banking and very early on in our impact analysis we identified two core impact areas so two priority impact areas for our bank and they are climate which we describe as sustainability yeah and financial health and inclusion, which we describe as well-being. Yep. And when we talk about our ambition to create a brighter future, it's through those pillars of sustainability and well-being, which are driven by that impact analysis that we have done on our organisation and our portfolios. So very data-driven from the bottom yep. up, but also from a top-down perspective, it really gives us that opportunity. It seemed um, that's fantastic. It's a really great overview. And what I was thinking when you were talking um, then, Amanda, was around strategy and impact analysis. And when we talk about ESG for small to medium businesses, it's around that materiality report, isn't it? Like it's really similar to that. You start looking at what is material to you, it's what's your impact, and then what's your strategy around it. So if you think about it from these are big banks, big corporations doing the same sort of thing, slightly different wording, but that same approach. Have a look what matters in your business and then have a look at what you're going to do about it. Absolutely. And I think that have a look at what you're going to do about it is the really interesting Mm. discussion because if I look at the two more of the principles, one of them is around customer and community engagement and one of them is around stakeholder engagement. Yeah. And when I take those two priority impact areas, I say to myself, well, now that we know what we've got to do and the impact we've got to do to have mm. or could have, what do we need to do? And, yeah. and a key part of that is how do we engage with customers? Again, we're going to have to be curious. We're going to have to ask them to their point. Like, you know, yes, we um, are largely a residential lender. Yeah. So we we have a whole lot of mortgages out there with mums and dads across the east coast of Australia largely. Um, you know, how do we start to help them help themselves yeah. to create a brighter future? 
Um, and, you know, you talked before about some of the, the great things that we've been able to do with our product portfolio. Having offers in market like the solar home bonus throughout this year where customers who came to our bank received a financial incentive if they had solar installed on their property. Having things like the green equity upgrades home loan where um, home lending customers at the bank can access a lower interest rate for putting upgrades on their home that improve energy efficiency. Mm. These are the kinds of product innovation that we've been able to do aligned to our ambition that also drives some of those more positive environmental impacts. We've learned a lot along the way <laughs> and we'll continue to learn yeah. um, and we'll continue to then advocate, which is that second one I talked about there with stakeholders, mm. because we've learned that there are things that need to change in Australia, whether they are building standards, whether they are, you know, data access or data in general, yeah. <laughs> access quality, take your pick. Um, so many amazing things. And that's where that, that other principle around stakeholder is so important. Yeah. And it's knowing your stakeholders, and like you said, you you've done the analysis, and if you're you know that there's it's so much more about mortgage, then that's a lot of your communication, a lot of your strategy, a lot of your product then is driven by that. So it's a really good thing for businesses to um, that stakeholder analysis. Know who your customer is, and if you don't, I bet you your competitor does. So at some point, you you want to find out who you're talking to. Absolutely, and I think that then goes to the courage piece, right? Yeah. Like you've got to be a little bit courageous. Uh, you've got to be willing to say, okay, maybe nobody's done this before. That doesn't yeah. mean I shouldn't do it. Yeah, um, and that willingness to say. I actually can't tell you this is absolutely definitely going to work. Yeah. We tested it with customers. We have done everything we possibly can internally to know, but no one's ever done it. Mm. And in this ESG space where we do talk about environmental, social innovation, um, to, to really grasp that opportunity side, there is absolutely an element of courage that's got to be in there. Oh, I completely agree. And you think about it from a, you want bold ambitions. We want bold ambitions from leaders, from government. You know, we're getting them. So embrace that and let's try and hit those targets. If we if we have to miss have a misstep along the way, we have a misstep, but we need that really big ambition at the moment don't we to solve some of these ESG problems absolutely which is which is good right I, I there's so much there in in that that I <laughs> I was jotting down notes even as uh, as we were chatting then but one of the things um, I'd be really keen to hear about is the future of ESG with Suncorp and what your uh, customers and your supply chain may may expect because we are talking about things and and you know that wonderful thing in Queensland that we have in 10 years time called the Olympics and we're talking about what that means and what people need to get ready for is there something that you can let people know that Suncorp is going to be asking for what do you see as investors what are investors going to be asking for from uh, from their suppliers yeah absolutely I think whether it's banks whether it's investors um you know whether it's for the Olympics whether it's Queensland whether it's mm. international right like We've all publicly signed up to, whether it's Suncorp, the Australian government, take your pick, to Paris. Yeah. We've all committed to a net zero 2050 ambition. Mm. Um, you know, we're all getting a better understanding of what it's going to take to get there. 
Uh, as I said, in many cases, that is, that is engagement. So yeah. I think um, whether you're a Suncorp customer or not, you can absolutely expect your bank to start talking to you about this <laughs> yeah. at some point in the next two years. Um, and that's not just those really hard to abate sectors, right? We're not just mm. talking about coal, fossil fuels, energy, mm. but we're talking about all business. Yeah. What can you do to lower the demand that you have for fossil fuels? Yeah. What can you do to increase the supply of renewable energy? Mm. What can you do to increase the demand of yeah. renewable energy? These are just three examples that we believe are really key and I'm talking climate specifically but yeah. it's really key and whether you are a you know as I said hard to abate or whether you are a mom and dad fish and chip shop right like everybody has their role to play yeah um so I think that that's absolutely something we can all expect we're going to be talking about this more mm-hmm. and that's how we build that shared knowledge and understanding yeah so that we can start to design products that incentivize customers to do it so that we can start to demonstrate to our investors as well that we are actually helping that transition to this net zero that we're all aiming for Absolutely. The f- one of the final questions, because I, I feel like I'm going to ask you a question and then we'll go down another rabbit hole, but one of, one of the potentially final questions is what else do you want to tell people about with what's going on in, in your ESG world in Suncorp? Is there any shiny things that Absolutely. are coming? Yeah, shiny things that are coming. Everything's shiny in my world. Um, look, we spend a lot of time talking about E. We spend a lot of time talking about the environment um, but we're bankers. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, we have a role to play in this transition. But I think for many of us, it's actually this concept of a just transition. It's the fairness uh, and it's really the S that starts to play on our heartstrings. Yeah. Um, if I think about whether it is financial health um, and well-being, the impact that financial health has on social well-being, emotional well-being, um, on our physical health, um, particularly coming out of COVID and coming out of the, the the world that we have been a part of this last three years, um, you know, we're a bank. Mm. You know, we have, have some amazing opportunities in Australia. We have a banking code of practice. You know, there's some great fundamental governance aspects to the way that our industry is run and the way that our country is run that are really helpful. In terms of what makes me love that part of working in our bank is some of the great accessibility work that's done. The work that our team do to make sure that it's not just about how somebody has an ability to build their financial health, Mm. but it's how they have an ability to be included in the financial system. So, yeah, I think that the accessibility initiatives that we see across our branches, whether it's Braille on ATM machines, whether it's the the Braille markers on cards for those living with visual impairments, um, the uh, DB phones in the branches for those experiencing domestic violence, I could spend the next hour talking about accessibility. So I think when when we talk about customer obsession in our bank and we talk about um, you know, ESG for me, that's where I really see it come through. It's the people on the phone supporting those customers. In oh, uh, yeah, I could not agree with you more. I think from a, a financial freedom and a financial security, accessibility is absolute key. And like you said, it's whether it's um, different language, different uh, ability to access the information is is amazing. And, yeah, I think that's a really good one as well. There you go. Any final ones then? Oh, there's always so many amazing things to think about, to talk about. 
Um, look, um, you know, we, maybe maybe I'd go there. Um, you know, we're we're here. We're at QTFN. You know, nature is something we've started to look at. Um, I talked earlier about our two primary impact yeah. areas. Um, last year in our analysis, we did identify that nature was emerging as the third. We did some pretty cool um, work understanding the UN's wedding cake model as to why we might prioritise biodiversity in nature. Again, check out the report if you want to because it's got some really cool commentary in there on that. Watch this space. I mean, that's where we're investing at the moment to better understand that impact. Um, so fingers crossed we'll be able to share some really good insights in the new year. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that because, as you know, here at QTFN, biodiversity is our business and that's yeah. our catchphrase. And, and um, yeah, from for us, it's, it is all about increasing biodiversity when, we, when we're talking about any sort of uh, developments or um, positioning forward. So it's, that's great. Look forward to working with you more. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Amanda. It's been fabulous talking to you today about and just hearing about Suncorp's commitments in relation to ESG and the future of what might be coming. So if anyone wants to know more about what Suncorp is doing in relation to ESG and sustainability, please have a look on their website. There's lots of information. And I do also encourage you to reach out online or over the phone or in branch to see how Suncorp can help you with financial investments. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Sarah. Queensland Trust for Nature and ESG Explored acknowledge the traditional owners on the country throughout Australia, their diverse and continuing connections to the land, sea and community. We acknowledge they were the first conservationists and scientists and have cared for this land for their future generations. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening today.